During and after Confederation, Canada's three Governor-Generals were Anglo-Irish. They adroitly navigated their role as representatives of the new sovereign, Queen Victoria, as the new Dominion was finding its feet. They reshaped the office of the Governor-General for a new bilateral relationship with the Imperial Motherland in London. The last Governor-General of Provincial Canada and the first Governor-General of Confederated Canada was Viscount Charles Monk. Born in Templemore, County Tipperary, and educated at Trinity College, Dublin, Monk served for a time as MP for Portsmouth. Governor-General to Provincial Canada from 1861 to 1867, Monk diffused tensions with the US that threatened war. Of the negotiations for Confederation, his official biography states, quote, He helped build a great coalition, the consolidation of the Reform and Conservative parties that was the key to the colony's pursuit of federalism, unquote. Monk selected Rideau Hall as the Governor-General's official residence, purchased for $82,000 in 1868. Monk returned to Ireland and further public service as the Lord Lieutenant of County Dublin. He died in Enniskerry in 1894, aged 75. Monk was succeeded as Governor-General by John Young, the first Baron Liscar, in 1869. Son of William Young of Baileyborough Castle Cabin, Liscar was born in Bombay. The castle was known as Liscar House, hence John's title. Liscar was MP for Cabin for 24 years, Secretary of the Treasury and Chief Secretary of Ireland from 1852 to 1855 under Prime Minister Peel, and then he completed stints in colonial service in Greece and New South Wales. In his time as Governor-General, Canada faced the crises of Fenian raids and Louis Riel's Red River Rebellion. In both, Liscar worked closely with Prime Minister Macdonald, and intervened to prevent executions that would merely sow bitterness. Liscar also helped ease relations with the US, travelling to Washington to meet with President Ulysses S. Grant. His wife, Lady Adelaide Annabelle Dalton Liscar, actively promoted Rideau Hall as a centre of social life, hosting the first New Year's levy there in 1869. The third Anglo-Irish Governor-General was Frederick Temple Blackwood, Lord Dufferin. Frederick's mother, Helen, was a granddaughter of the famous Irish playwright, satirist and MP, Richard Brinsley Sheridan. His father was Prince Blackwood, 4th Baron of Dufferin and Clandyboy, outside Belfast, settled there since the early 1600s. As a young student, Frederick visited Clonakilty in West Cork to see the wretched conditions of the Great Famine and raise money for relief of the poor and starving. He hated Christchurch, Oxford, and left after two years without a degree. Not that he needed it. With the early death of his father, he had become Baron of Dufferin and Clandyboy in 1841. Frederick could have dashed as a young aristocrat with his good looks, kind heart and charm. By 1850, he was a member of the House of Lords. Some years later, he sailed the North Atlantic and his humorous travelogue, the popular Letters from High Latitudes, demonstrated his fine writing skills. He turned to diplomacy, where he was involved in the negotiations at the end of the Crimean War. He had a distinguished and influential series of postings in Lebanon, Syria and India. In the meantime, Frederick had married a distant cousin, Harriet Rowan Hamilton, of nearby Killalay Castle. The Blackwoods, in fact, had a keen eye for an enhancing marriage. They would be blessed with 12 children in all. She would have proved to be an adept diplomat herself, and they were the quintessential power couple. In 1872, Frederick, now Lord Dufferin, travelled with his wife to Rita Hall to take up his appointment as Governor-General. To further Rita Hall's capacity to reach the public, they added the opulent ballroom and the startling marquee-like tent room. Skating and curling rings were built and opened to the public. 
They hosted balls, theatre, concerts, making Rideau Hall the centre of social life in the young capital city. He created the Governor-General's Academic Medals to reward scholarly achievement. Dufferin watched the Young Confederation's parliamentary business closely, and he admired First Prime Minister John A. Macdonald. He felt it was his right to engage on substantive matters with ministers. Quote, They must not expect me to accept their advice merely because they give it, but must approve it to my understanding and conscience. Unquote. Like Monk and Liskar, he was a conciliator. He commuted Ambrose Lapine's death sentence for killing Thomas Scott during the Second Red River Rebellion, even though Scott was related to a tenant in Ireland and Dufferin considered Lapine a ruffian. He urged London to facilitate Canadian self-government as much as possible to ward off the US, noting that Quebec has, in great measure, saved the English population from Yankification. The Dufferins were very taken with Quebec. No doubt it's francophone ambience appealing to both of them. They were horrified when the city started to demolish its old walls, campaigned to stop it, and raised funds to preserve them. They created a promenade, Dufferin Terrace, with views of the St. Lawrence, and that's an enduring landmark in the city. Thanks to their intervention, Quebec was in good position almost a century later to become a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Dufferin and his wife visited every province, including indigenous communities, from whom they received gifts of native craft and art. He was popular too with the Catholic clergy, and corresponded with many of the Irish-born Episcopates. Lady Dufferin published her letters to her mother as My Canadian Journal, and considered their time in Canada as the happiest of their lives. They, in turn, were immensely popular with the wider public. Monk, Liskar and Dufferin were the Confederation chapter of a long and influential Anglo-Irish legacy in colonial Canada, stretching back to its foundations. Collectively, they made significant contributions at a critical period of transition from colony to dominion bringing experience, confidence, and abiding sense of affection for Canada to their roles. They left a physical mark in Rita Hall, but left too a legacy in the functioning and public perception of the Office of Governor-General.